Thank you, Josh, for leading us in worship. I was able to prepare this week, thanks to Josh, for doing the songs. And as I was preparing this week, Lauren actually reached out to me and asked how it was going. And I had to <laughs> tell her that I had a very difficult week and work's been insane and I've had trouble focusing and having the motivation. And I actually have had to spend a lot of time in prayer, which funnily enough is a big part of this message. And it dawned on me at that point that maybe that's how God was going to give me what I needed to preach this week. Um, so we see all throughout the scriptures that were encouraged to fellowship, that were not to forsake meeting together, that were one body with many parts, and being separate from each other in this way has been very, very difficult. We miss being with each other. There's major changes in our schedules. Different things have been happening. happening. There's fear and uncertainty going on, and some of us are stuck with people that we cannot escape from. So if we're called by God to meet together and to spend time together all throughout the scriptures, what do we do when we can't meet, when we're stuck in this isolation? There's different ways that Jesus used the time that he had of isolation or solitude. He sought that out, and we see different instances of it throughout the gospel. We see him, after being surrounded by crowds, going and spending time alone, after different things that happened in his life, if there was something difficult that happened, him going away, if he needed to make a major change or a choice, we see him going off and away. So each of these instances, we see Jesus spending time praying for the different reasons. And if we are going to prepare for a big choice, if we need to recharge, if we need to listen and yield to God, we can make the most of our quarantine. So that's what we're going to look at today. How can we make the most of our social isolation? We're going to start in Luke chapter 4 verses 1 through 15. And this starts with uh, Jesus right after he is baptized. And he gets baptized by John the Baptist. The Spirit comes and he's led by the Spirit to go off into the wilderness. So we see, and Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Holy Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. So we see the first thing that Jesus did and why he went away is what we can follow is we can prepare for choices and changes. So in this, we have Jesus going off after being baptized, and it's right before he starts his ministry. So he's going to make this major change in his life where before, you know, he's living, I don't know if you would call it a normal life, but right after this, he's going to start his public ministry. So he goes off and spends 40 days praying. And we see that during this time, he was tempted by Satan. But before starting his ministry, he took the, before starting this huge step in his life, he went off alone to pray. And we see that he was led by the Spirit to do this. We are stuck in our homes. There's not 
maybe a lot to do. Maybe some of us are still just as busy as we were before and there's different things going on. But are you facing any major changes? Is there anything going on in your life that you should be led by the Spirit to spend time alone with God praying? We also see that during this time that Satan used it to try to tempt Jesus. And when we are alone, that can, also, that can often lead us um, to be tempted. When you are alone, you're more vulnerable. When you're facing a lot of alone time and there's anxiety and there's fear, Satan may try to use that in your life. And we see that Jesus used scripture and prayer to combat that. And that's what we should do. So if you're facing any temptations, whether it is to give into the fear or the anxiety, whether it's to be whatever it is, you can use time to pray and read the scriptures to combat that temptation. And we see at the end of this passage, I'm not going to read all of the temptations, um, in verse 14, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report went out about him throughout all the surrounding country, and he taught in their synagogues and glor being glorified by all. So after him spending the 40 days in the wilderness and Satan tempting him, he starts his ministry, and we see that he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus spending all of this time praying and being with God and really dwelling with God leads him to return in the power of the Spirit. And that's something that we can have. When we spend time with God, we can be prepared for the major change in our life. And we also see that Jesus not only used it to prepare for major change, but also a huge choice. So we're just going to flip over to Luke chapter 6. Just a couple pages over. In verse 12, we see, In these days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples and chose from them twelve, who he named apostles. So early in his ministry, he starts, he has all of these different disciples that are following him around, and then we see he goes away and spends all night in prayer and then chooses his 12 apostles. And that's the 12 that we see all throughout scripture. And this was a huge choice. This, These are the men that he spent the next three years with, like all the time. I don't know if you can imagine spending three years pretty much constantly with people, but you would want to make very careful choices with that. So we see that in this major choice that Jesus had, that he went alone all night to pray. I don't know about you. I honestly can say I've never spent all night in prayer. Um, there's probably choices in my life I should have spent all night in prayer. And that's maybe something we should do more often if there's a major choice we have to make. Um, just going off and spending that alone time to really hear from God what the best choice is. Has 
Satan been trying to use this time to distract you, to pull you away from God. It's not always like it was with Jesus where he's like, hey, jump off that building. But it's those simple, gentle tugs. Use the time you have in this social isolation to dedicate to prayer and to reading of scripture. If you are facing any changes, any huge choices, any next big steps in your life, are you looking for a new job? Are you considering going back to school? Is retirement in your near future? Do you have any major health things going on? Have you felt led by the spirit to do anything during this time? Whatever you're facing, spend time in prayer with God. Ask him to lead you. Use this time of solitude to hear from him before you take that next big step. So we use the most of our time during the social isolation to prepare for major choices and changes. And we can also use it to refresh and recharge. And we're going to jump again. We're going to jump to Mark. Mark chapter 6. Starting in verse 30. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while, for many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. So we see in this, Jesus sent the disciples out to do some ministry. They went out and they came back and they gave him a report. Hey, this is everything we did. And Jesus says, okay, it's time to go rest. You need to go away to a desolate place because you haven't even had time to eat. People are coming. They want to know. You need to go away and rest. So we see that he encouraged them to separate from people who were following them. And this was after they ministered. We are ministering in different ways during this time, but we still have people in our lives that we're ministering to, whether you're reaching out uh, via phone calls, the internet, you are still ministering to people and you still need to take that time for yourself. Um, when we get out of the social isolation and we're back together with people, don't neglect that time that you might need to get away and refresh and recharge. Um, we're not machines. Uh, Jesus even needed to get away after ministering to people, and we will see that in a moment. But we see that right after they go away to rest, it's Jesus feeding the 5,000. So we have that account right after this. And so we have them coming back, taking a rest. Jesus feeds the 5,000, and that's kind of a stressful moment. Uh, they're unsure of how they're going to find this food, and all of these people are here, and then they see this gigantic miracle happen of Jesus feeding all of these people, and at the very end of this, we see in, uh, still in Mark 6, but in verse 45, that immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up to the mountain and prayed. So we see after Jesus feeds the 5,000, he tells the disciples, 
go, go ahead. Uh, you need to get away. He dismisses the crowds and then he goes away. So we see that even Jesus needed time to go pray. And these instances are so close together because you have right before the feeding of the 5,000 and then right after the feeding of the 5,000 of them both needing time away to refresh and recharge. We see Jesus do this so many times during his three-year ministry. You see him preach and interact with the crowds and then withdraw to pray. I mean, he does it in Mark chapter one. Um, we're not going to look at that. I promise I won't make you flip more. But giving of yourself is draining. And Jesus was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. So he needed that time away. And people are draining. Um, people can be demanding and that's hard. So like any of us, Jesus needed time away to refresh and recharge. And he knew that the disciples did. You can be an encouragement to the people in your life, you know, that should take time away to refresh and recharge, whether it's someone in your house that is doing a lot or someone who is a friend that you know still has a lot to do during this time, but just being an encouragement to them to remind them to go away to refresh and recharge. Do you take on a lot without allowing yourself time alone with God to pray? Do you try to give and minister often at the neglect of your own relationship with God. Some of us are doers and it's hard to not do, especially during this time when we are stuck at home and we're not doing the normal things that we would do at church, at work. We want to continue to give and do and that sitting alone and praying and being with God is difficult Sometimes we would rather feed the 5,000 than take the time to go pray. Whether we think it's because it's too lazy to sit and rest or it's a waste of time, maybe we don't want to face that alone time with God. Sometimes we have something going on that makes us not want to sit alone with God to refresh. As we continue in our quarantine, take the time to seek solitude with God to recharge. We are in a stressful time and God is there to help you recharge so you can continue to be encouragement to the people in your life. One quote that I really enjoyed that I found is by Wayne Cordero and it says that solitude is a chosen separation for refining your soul. Isolation is what you crave when you neglect the first. And it seems like semantics to separate solitude and isolation. But I really think it's very important to understand that solitude is a spiritual discipline. And when you do take that time for solitude, and it is a choice, and it's a chosen separation, and you can spend time refining, refreshing, and recharging, then you don't get stuck in isolation. You're not neglecting that time with God. And then you don't get stuck in isolation. The last way we can make the most of our social isolation is we can listen and yield. So we're going to flip back to Luke, but we're going to go Luke 22. 
and it's verses 39 through 44. And this passage is when Jesus is going to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray right before he knows that he is going to get arrested and go through all of that. Um, it was just mere hours before he was arrested and he went just, as the verse says, a stone throws away from his disciples. And this is a time of great emotional agony for Jesus. We see this in the verses that we're going to take a look at in a second. And I don't know if you can imagine this, but knowing what he was going to face, if you knew that you were going to face being arrested, your friends abandoning you, being uh, rejected, the beating, the crucifixion, all of it, knowing that you were going to die and still going off to pray about it, that I think most of us would try to run and go, no, 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 I want no part of this. But that's not what Jesus did. He went and he prayed. So starting in verse 39, and he came and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw away and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he went to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. So we see a couple of things here. We see Jesus being in this great time of distress. And he took the disciples with him during this time. When and if you were facing anything that causes you emotional distress, tell your trusted friends about it. They can pray with you. They can pray for you. It's a, something that you should share with people. We also see that in this time that he was listening and yielding to God's will. Like I said, it's not something that he necessarily wanted to do, but he was willing to do it. And we see this in the verse of 42 where he says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And that is Jesus right there yielding to the will of the Father. It wasn't an easy thing. And it's not something that is always that simple in our own lives. But we see that he also repeated his prayer. That it was multiple times that he prayed this. And sometimes we think that when we pray, it should be kind of a one and done thing. But if it's something that 
you are struggling with hearing God with something you're struggling with yielding, it is okay to continually pray about it. As long as you put it in God's hands and you tell him your will and like, it's just, it's okay to pray multiple times about the same thing. And I think one of the things that I missed and maybe I've heard it and it's just kind of gone over my head. It's always funny how the Bible, uh, you can read it a million times and something always different can pop up. But the fact that an angel appeared to him and strengthened him. In those times where we need to listen and yield and we pray and we spend that time with God, it can strengthen us. We are in a weird time. I never thought in my life that we would be quarantined to our homes. It never crossed my mind as an option. It's just the weirdest thing. And maybe you need that strength. Maybe you're struggling and you need that strength from God. Pray. I cannot stress this enough. Go off and pray. You can yield this time to God and gain the most out of it. You can listen to what he wants you to get out of this. We're all experiencing different things in this very similar thing. Um, I was talking to my mom about it and she's been making the most of it. She normally has a home daycare and she's been able to make uh, videos for her kids and she's been able to, you know, clean the house and get a break and, you know, it's interesting how each of us is experiencing this differently, but one thing that we can all do, that we can all uh, be the same in, is our need to pray and to yield this time to God. Is there anything in your life that you need to spend time praying about, to listen to God, to yield to him? If there is, I sound like a broken record, pray. Find solitude in your social isolation and pray. We each can prepare for our choices and changes in different ways. We can each refresh and recharge in different ways. And we can each listen and yield in different ways. During what's hopefully the last couple days, weeks of our isolation, make it a solitude and not an isolation. Pick out a time of day where you're going to set that time apart and pray. Listen to God. Pray about choices and changes you need to make. Pray that you will yield the things in your life you need to yield to him. If there's anyone in your life that you need to reach out to, to encourage to do the same, pick someone that you know is having a harder time during this social isolation and reach out to them and let them know that you are praying for them. Let's pray. God, even though it's hard, we thank you for this time and we thank you that we can use it for solitude. I thank you for the different scriptures and the different ways that we see Jesus using solitude. I ask that we will each 
set that time apart to pray, to prepare, to yield, to refresh. And I thank you for the great wonder that it is that we can pray and that you do listen and you are there to strengthen us through this. I pray that we continue to all stay safe and that you guide and direct each of our steps in your name. Amen.